This is Father Aaron with another podcast. I like to tell people that the Bible presents our Lord as a good man, but not as a nice man. We see that in the gospel today. Christ's words are probably somewhat shocking to us, especially in a 20th century reality where every word of ours is analyzed for hate speech and derogatory terms. Commentators will come up with all sorts of different ways to explain away the Lord's words. They say we can't hear his tone in the text. He was probably speaking sarcastically, and it was evident. He spoke in a way to Egger on to reply. We don't really know. What we know is what St. Matthew tells us. A Canaanite woman from that region came and cried, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely possessed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. He ignored her, seemingly, and kept walking along. But the woman does not give up hope. She persists. Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Our Lord credits her persistence to faith. And because of her faith, he doesn't simply grant her request. He says, Be it done for you as you desire. Christ wishes to emphasize that her faith is the cause of her request being answered. And thus, even though she could have asked for something greater, what she seeks is granted because it is asked with faith. Prayer can become a test of faith for us. It's often the case that our prayers, our well-intentioned and good prayers, seem to go unanswered. Not just when you are praying that your favorite team will win the game, or that you pick the right lottery numbers. Again and again, it seems that our well-intentioned prayers are unanswered by the Lord. Our prayers for that wayward member of our family for the child that won't return to church, that our parent will be cured of cancer, that we will find a job, and so on. Why do these prayers go unanswered? Why does it seem like God is ignoring us, like he seems to ignore the woman in today's gospel? We need to understand something about prayer. Prayer is not, as many people think, a sort of bargaining game with God, or a way in which we can try to convince God to do things our way. St. Thomas Aquinas teaches that in prayer, it does not change the will of God, but instead wins for us what has already been set aside for us, if we should ask. Let me say that again. Prayer does not change the will of God, but instead wins for us what has already been set aside for us, 
if we should ask. St. Luke comments in his Gospel that Christ taught the disciples to always pray and never lose heart. We see that with a woman in the Gospel today. When it seems like she will not have her request answered, she doesn't sulk and run off. She doesn't lose heart, but continues to ask. There are so many things about God we don't understand and will never understand, and one of those things is his providence, his plan. God's providence operates according to his time, and God's time is eternal. For God, all things are in an eternal now. We can't even begin to fathom what that means. But in the basic sense, it means that the will of God is effective and active at every moment, even when we cannot detect it. There is nothing we can do to foil the will of God. Even our failures are planned for in the will of God. And part of his will is that evil and sin be present in the world. Not because he directly causes them, but because he permits them to be present. Why? For our own good. So that we may desire and strive after the good. So that our faith may be tested and strengthened in hope for the good. But the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable, writes St. Paul. God has promised us through his Son that those things we ask in faith shall be given to us. Ask and you shall receive, he said. He never added immediately or without effort. We are so used to an instantaneous society where we can go on Amazon and look up the thing we want, and in a few days it will be at our house. God has provided within his divine providence for all the good things we need to become holy, and he desires to give them to us in a way that will make us holy. And that's the real key here. The purpose of prayer, ultimately, is always to make us holy. Faith will strengthen our prayer, and prayer will make us firm in our faith. Since this is the basis of how prayer is effective, notice that there is no room for us to bargain with God, or to think that God will somehow grant our request because we are better than others, or have merited more of a response from Him. Usually, the inverse is true. God answers our petitions because we humble ourselves before him and understand our utter dependence upon him. I'll give you an image. Rain upon a hill will slip away, but a valley will be filled. We have to humble ourselves to be filled with God's blessings. The response of the Canaanite woman demonstrates great humility. Yes, Lord, it isn't right that the bread of the children be thrown to the dogs, and here I am a dog, an idolater. I know what I am, but I'm going to beg for whatever scraps you can spare anyway. It may sound extreme, but it's not. So often when we pray we don't, and we don't see an answer, we become frustrated and say to ourselves, Didn't God see that ten bucks I put in the collection basket? Didn't he see that time I got passed on the highway and I didn't blow my horn? Why wasn't my patience with my annoying sibling enough for God to give me what I'm asking? Does this sound a little familiar? The model of the Canaanite woman is humility. Think if we approach prayer from the same vein. God, you know that I am consistently not as generous as I should be. You know that I'm hateful in my speech, and I judge others. You know that I am so annoyed by my family and co-workers, and I put them down on my head and speak poorly of them to others. How could you ever want to do this thing for me? I have no idea, except that you are loving and merciful and desire that I be good and loving and perfect. That is the sort of prayer that will strengthen our faith, and that sort of faith will save us. How much faith and confidence do we have when we pray? When we pray even for the good things, for the conversion of loved ones, for the good of our family, do we have the faith of the Canaanite woman? Our Lady presents herself as the model of Christian faith, 
needing no explanation from the angel, finding no reason to bargain with her son at the wedding of Cana. It's just, let it be done unto me, and do whatever he tells you. We see Mary as the model of passive humility in the face of God's divine providence, trusting always in his plan. May Our Lady, who we recognize this weekend as assumed body and soul into heaven, by her persistent prayers, win for us this gift of faith. Amen.